0: You lot You listen to Garage Hammer Episode 281 On tonight's episode The Manlings have their friend Kevin From the northern lands of Canada Wherever that is And they're going to talk about the FAQs That everybody else has already talked about But they just got to it Because they had to wrap up the year And have a time to look at it And then they're going to sit around Talking about just living in the mortal realms like to have any clue what it's like here, but that's why, because shut it, I'm listening to hey, me show. Welcome to the Garage, you ha- tools, for the next hey, ba, two ha- hours ha- or thereabouts, we're going to do the ha- best ha- we ha- can ha- to ha- keep you ha- informed ha- and entertained ha- and ha- have ha- a few ha- laughs along ha- the way, bringing you facking and living and all sorts of other things. I'm Dave Whitech, and with me today... Not only is Lindsay the albino-Canadian hockey puck here as she normally is, but the good friend who sent her down here to the to the to the uh, upper 48 or lower 48 or whatever we call it, the United States. Our friend from Canada, Kevin Jacoby. Kevin. Hey, how's it going, eh? Lindsay, we miss you up here. Come home. Come home. <laughs> Now, she says she she says she's content here on the desk hanging out with me
1: uh, i I don't blame her I'd be on your desk
0: too right she said she said I think she said merka I, I don't I don't quite I'm not certain that she said it but it sounded like she said Murka. so I, she, she, All she's, right. she's been here long enough that I think she's just planning on staying at this point as long as she's happy that's all that matters <laughs> quite content and of course as always our co-host the oh. man, the myth, the legend, Chris Walker. Chris! Hey, how's it going? Hey, so everybody's here, everybody's on weird. Now, if it sounds a little weird, um, you know, we've we've been having a few technical difficulties, but um, everybody's actually here, and that makes me happy.
2: <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so,
0: you know, that's, that's all I care about right now today. But before we get rolling, guys, there's a couple of things I need to take care of, and the first, of course, is to thank... Our fantastic sponsors of the show, which include Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore and in case you missed it, Chaos Orc Superstore. And I'm gonna hold off on these guys because it would be I gotta hold off. But then of course let's not forget Grognard Games in Roselle, Illinois, where there's always something happening at Grognards. And Thank you. Six Squared Studios. That's right. The number six squared studios dot ca. And uh, I believe we have the what is the what are you what are you the president and CEO? What are you the founder? What do we call you, Kevin? I also make the coffee. Whatever you want to call me, as long as you make an order, call me whatever you want. No <laughs> words at all. Oh, this is fantastic, folks. This is the man. The man who runs Sixth Grade Studios along with along with Brad, our other good friend of the show. Um, so he's on today. We're going to be chit-chatting about stuff, and we're going to go over these entries for the um, Sixth Grade Studios, If I Lived in the Mortal Realms, What Would I Do contest. What, a, what an interesting batch of entries, but we will get to that shortly. First, and one last thing we've got to do, we got to go through, I'd like to thank the Patreon sponsors, those people... The almost 1% who make this show and all the things we do with it possible. And that includes our associate producers, Christopher Sanders, Big Jake, and Jake C. Our executive producers, Colin Miller, Tyler McDonald, and Scott Milne. And our newest Patreon patron, Matt Furman. Thank you, Matt. And thank you, everyone. All our Patreon patrons, past, present, and those of you who are considering joining in the future for being uh, a part of what makes this the most amazing, exciting, and officially longest-running Warhammer fantasy podcast on the planet. So, there we go. What do you think of them apples, guys? Longest-running.
2: That sounds fantastic. Is that verified? I heard every,
0: yeah, heard every single one, Dave. No worries about it. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Kevin. a <laughs> uh, glutton yeah no kidding so uh, wow okay we got a whole bunch of voicemails like a bunch of voicemails and I can't not play this stuff uh, how been... many of you
2: are about black paint as primer <laughs>
0: I don't think any of them are about actually, black primer Chris
1: this is actually about the contest this is an intervention we no. have to stop you
0: from doing that sir <laughs> especially because don't they sell like I think they sell brush on black actual black primer they don't do they? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't use it. God bless, me, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> Chris, one of these days. Okay. So listen, we've got a bunch of contest, uh, not contest stuff, but I, I, we have so many voicemails, and I just want to play them because people have been sending in their holiday greetings and things like that, and I don't want to ignore these calls. So we're going to get going here, starting with, of course, you never a, a voicemail segment is never complete if we don't hear from Brandon from Columbia in the Pork Chop Express. So <laughs> hold on.
3: Hey, this is Brandon from Columbia and the Fort Troth Express, and I'm calling, talking those two tools in the garage. I guess it's three tools, cause it's, I'm assuming this will be on the Christmas end of the year episode, which I'm hoping it's Rotor, cause dude, that guy is hilarious. Um, sorry to swell his head like that with, um, these accolades. But anyway, uh, so first, I want to thank you guys for a great year and for getting you pumped for AOS. Um, second, um, is, is Chris's nickname 3.0? Because isn't this like the third Chris that you've had as a co-host on the show? Um, or is it 1.3? I don't know. Anyway, uh, and I'm very psyched that he likes Big Trouble Little China. Um, I'm just, gosh, I'm, such, I'm more of a fan of your show now as a result. And then finally, um, thank you for doing such an awesome job on the Maggot Ken book. I am so excited for that new book. It's my favorite faction. And I'm so glad the episode came out. Before the release date, that was amazing. So thanks
0: guys. Have a happy holidays. Well, thank you. And um, that is part of the plan from here on in, folks. If we can, if it's possible, we are going to um, get uh, as soon as we can get them out. We're going to try to get those out uh, as soon as Games Workshop allows it. If Chris and I can read through it quickly enough, we're going to jump into that. And yeah, no, the Maggotkin faction. Have you taken a look at that, Kevin? I have Nurgle's one of my armies for sure. I know. What do you
1: think? I'm digging it. On my army right now. Uh, I I like it. I think I think there's a lot of uh, variety in there. I like the idea that the humans now get your uh, resilience saves. Uh, the new scor- uh, sorcerer sculpt is neat, uh,
0: and I love that I get to play with my Glotkin and his friends. Uh, that they actually work really well on the table. And I'm I'm still liking all the poison stuff. I'm I love oh, yeah. that that. If you get a nick, now you might die because it's so yep. gross. So,
1: so they did a really good job. I always like it when rules capture the theme of an army or any game sort of idea. And they really caught the idea of what neural is all about. So it's mechanics for the sake of theme rather than just for mechanics sake.
0: Yeah. No, I, I think it's fantastic. I, I make, it makes That book makes me happy. It really does. <laughs> all right. Uh, this next guy is Steven from Colorado. Hold on one moment. Here we go.
3: Hey, this is Stefan from Colorado. Just call and wish you guys Stephan. a Merry Christmas. And damn you, Ytech I thought my phone had like had a stroke or something. I'm listening to Legends of the Painting Man, and suddenly I hear your voice. They haven't introduced you. No, leading, in. Just suddenly Tech's voice talking on a completely different podcast. I was like, wait, wait, is my phone broken? What's going on? And then the joy of hearing you with those other two idiots. So Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's, guys. And uh, looking forward to uh, more gaming in the new year. Talk to you later.
0: Bye. That was so much fun. I'm not going to lie. Doing Legends of the Painty Men was kind of awesome. Uh, that
2: sounds
0: like- I love that show. And we had so much fun. And it's, it's one of those times where that show is so not Garage Hammer. It is... <laughs> it is not family friendly like we try to be, and uh, and I I love those guys. They're fantastic. It was so much fun sitting and talking with them. Um, you know, I listen to that show, and I'm like, they're always just cracking up at what the other guys say, and I'm like, listening to it on there, and it's it's infectious. Getting it to sit there and talk with them and see them while we're all um, just talking talking about Warhammer, or not really talking that much about Warhammer. And uh, that was that was a blast. That was uh, that was actually a real thrill for me. I will admit, I kind of fanboyed out. I was very excited that they um, that they asked me to be on, and it was it was kind of awesome. And here's a call from Toronto. So guys, coming from and calling from Canada, Kevin. Woohoo. Here we go. <laughs> Hello, happy holidays from Toronto.
3: This is Walker calling and listening to your show. Since uh uh seven, I guess. Uh and everything changed, a lot of people bailed out. Uh I kept going. I'm uh V C model, builder, painter and uh well not Vampire Counts anymore, but anyway, just wanted to say excellent show. Thank you for sticking with it. Uh I don't listen to your show all the time because you don't cover Uh, vampires so much and now you don't seem too happy with it but uh, anyway enjoy your new model and have a happy new year don't get too hungover (laughs) and hope all is well and everyone else all the listeners take care and have a happy new year take care
0: I do like the new vampires I just I haven't been playing them because there's so many other weird new things and that's the thing when you play I played them for so long that now it's like uh I've got them. My biggest problem, the reason I don't play Death nearly as much anymore, is because I have to rebase so much stuff. And honestly, rebasing sucks. Yeah.
2: yeah. I'm doing it right now on some of my old nerdle stuff.
0: Yeah. But see, I made the mistake of deciding when I was doing all of this stuff that I made custom roll like bought, I got rollers from Green Stuff World. Yeah. And I'm rolling out custom bases. So now everything that I'm I'm rebasing I have to if I want to keep it with I gotta make someone's like, oh, that's work. I don't want to do work. I want to just paint up some orcs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, paint up some orcs and say, wah. So okay. Uh oh my goodness, guys. This next call, this this call makes me happy. Um so I'm just gonna I'm gonna play this one. I'm not even gonna intro it.
3: Cranky, Uh, wishing everybody a happy new year and a better new year, and uh, I miss all you idiots, Um, and I can say that from, you know, the major idiot that I am. Hope all is going well, and hope to see everybody Next year sometime when we have better times. I'm going to see if I can erase this message because it sounds stupid.
0: Spoiler. No. He can't. (laughs) This goes on for a long time, actually. (laughs) Oh, my God. He just keeps trying He was the whole three minutes The whole three minutes It finally (laughs) cuts him off at the end He can't uh, He can't he can't re record it. Uh, I'm just, that's fantastic. I just left that all in there. I'm like, this is beautiful. All right, guys, two more. And I know this is long, but we went with from having no voicemails to having a bajillion voicemails. And I want to give everyone a shot to be on the show because if you cared enough to call and leave me a message, I care enough to listen and share it with the audience. So here we go. Next one.
3: Hey, guys, love the show. Uh, just listening to the most recent episode, and you're talking about uh, the, the Army books and uh, battle tones and everything like that and having digital copies. I was wondering, like, uh, you talk about having multiple books to play your Army. What if they uh, added a QR code on the packaging of, of the models and miniatures, and you just scan that QR code into the app, and it would automatically add it to your available forces I, I know that's not exactly what you're looking for but I'm thinking that might be at least take a couple of steps out of the process I don't know just a something on state ball anyway love you guys
0: Bye. Uh, that's actually wasn't a bad idea uh, but then the more I thought about it it would have to be a unique code for every box because they lot like there's codes in the books that let you put the books in for the app and those are all unique like once they're used they're done right so, yeah. so
2: if you are I mean you could Get
0: to
1: like the War Scroll page that's on the website, I guess. Yeah. Remember, okay. we used to uh, scanning all the codes for the card game uh, when oh. we bought that at Adepticon. Oh my! God. The hours and
0: hours we took to get those in it took no. forever. But I tell you what, I loved that game. The biggest problem mm-hmm. I had with that game was when they went online with it, and yeah. you scanned all your cards because nobody wanted to play. Like nobody nope. wanted to play in person; they just wanted to. Uh, like, I was sitting at the game store and be like, "Well, here, this is my online name." I'm like, "I'm sitting right here with my cards." <laughs> yeah, but I, I was like, "Are you uh, it, that?" That was the death knell for that one. Honestly, I felt like because, yeah. like, once they did that, I was only buying cards to scan them in. Yep. And then the when you got were the cards, beautiful. were beautiful. Yep. And they did a cool thing where when you got multiples of the same card scanned in, that just boosted mm-hmm. the power of your card. Yeah. Which game that was that? Which game was that? That was what was that called, Kevin? Oh, that was um, Warhammer Champions, was it?
1: Champions. Oh. It was champions. Yeah. Yeah. Did you uh, ever see that, Chris? I
2: never played it. A-
0: I was I was avoiding it because I'm like this looks like I'm going to be spending way too much money. I don't know if it's going to go. And then it was I was at Adepticon. I walked past it and said, No, you know what? It looks great, but I'm just going to wait and see because card games are just that's the thing that always suckers me and I lose so much money. And then that night I met up with Kevin and Brad and they're like, Look, we have eight thousand cards apiece. Did you buy cards? And I'm like, Ugh. Next day I bought eight thousand cards. <laughs> Ear pressure. Totally. I have no, Gen Con is like my, It's. I have very little willpower at all in the first place. And then it's like, I'm not going to buy this. And I turn around and everybody I, I meet up with, there's like, we bought it.
1: And you have to remember, we always stay at the embassy because there's a happy hour. So happy hour plus impulse buying is a great mix.
0: That was so much fun, by <laughs> the way. Oh, the, yeah the happy hour there from five to seven, we would just take a break from whatever we would not we stopped scheduling once we realized that's what the deal was, like after the first year, Heather and Harrison and I, and you guys we stopped scheduling anything yep. between like four thirty and seven thirty because yep. we would end whatever we're doing, go back to the hotel drink and have snacks for two hours remember when we were playing luchador and we were like rolling dice and screaming and throwing <laughs> things around and people were oh, yeah. coming from all of like what are you playing and we're like luchador i think oh. i sold more copies of that game for that company oh
4: yeah
1: then should have got royalties i should
0: have yeah. because the next day a bunch of people were playing it because it like game is yeah. so fun and so dumb
1: Oh, it is. And we played Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, we played yeah. uh, Star Trek
0: Ascendancy. Lots of games. Oh, yeah. So much fun at happy hour. All right, one last phone call. This one came in on New Year's Eve. Wow. So uh, here we go. One last call.
3: Hey, Dave, fellas. Hey, uh, this is Brian Wilson calling from uh, Dry Ridge, Kentucky. Uh, long-time listener. I've called a couple times in. Um, anyway, uh, you were talking about your top and, or actually bottom picks of the year. Soulblight was one uh, for you guys, a pretty big one, unfortunately. And that is like one of my favorite freaking armies. But I was a little disappointed myself. Uh, I'm more, you know, classic horror, I guess. You know, uh, and the, uh, the Radicar and the... Uh, the Belladonna and all that you know the, it seems more like I don't know Anamorphs or I, I don't know some, <laughs> some crap with just like they're all werewolves and stuff like where's my where's my classic you know Nosferatu and you know that, that's what I I wanted and yeah. then I want the my Warhammer I I want the freaking vampire counts back I want the Von Karsteins back I want my militant you know knights uh, in armor and and you know uh, that's i mean you got the blood dragons or the blood knights or whatever they're called um, but I want the main guys to be that way i want uh, Where's the new zombie dragon with a badass vampire on top of it you know that's what that's what I was hoping for a big zombie dragon like the ones that the freaking storm cast space marines are getting now um, anyway that's that's what i hope is in the future i mean they they release that that limited uh, Vampire, the bald chick. I, I, I love the model, but I hated the head. I, I, the head on that thing is stupid. Um, <laughs> I needed hair or something, helmet. I don't know. I don't know what the hell. But anyway, um, I'm hoping that they're going to come up with a different bloodline. You know, I mean, they, they they seem to be giving every army multiple army books. So maybe there's another one coming that's going to be a little more, you know, in line with what I personally would like to see. I'm sort of hoping, anyway. I bought everything in the lineup they just came out with, so I'm a sucker anyway, but, you
0: know. He said sucker, by the way. One. I just want to anyway, clarify that.
3: Sorry to ramble. Bye, <laughs> guys.
0: Bye. Okay. Now, first of all, I just want to clarify one thing about that, what the caller said. Um, only one of the three of us put it in their bottom three, okay? That was,
4: that was me. That was you.
0: Pardon me? the same reason. Yeah. Yeah, that guy basically he was upset that we put it in the bottom 3 and then he and then he said literally everything that the only person who put it in the bottom 3 said about it. <laughs> 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 I love that army. Honestly, if I didn't have these other projects I was working on, I would go back to it. Um Yeah, <laughs> yeah cuz I want I want some zombies. In fact, um yeah, I need some zombies. I need some zombies in my life, and the new ones are good. The models are pretty cool. They are pretty so. cool, and uh, yeah, uh, and I've got I've got other things, other things in the in the, uh, coming up in the cooker here, uh, with with my birthday coming up next month. Um, I believe I I might be getting a uh, I, I believe a resin printer might be in my future. So I have all sorts of uh, all sorts of interesting new stuff happening but that's all the voicemails. Thank you each and every (laughs) single person who called. This is the longest opening segment in the history of the show. Um, And I hope people didn't tune out already because we have some fun stuff coming up. But honestly, this was, we got a lot of voicemails and it's about time. You know, we have one here, one there. Sometimes we're so busy. We can't get to them. And this literally all came in in like the course of like the day before we recorded the, 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 uh, the, it actually it came after because we recorded a little bit early we recorded the Christmas episode a little bit early And then all yeah. of a sudden we got a flood of calls Coming in right after that And you know so there we go Calls and peoples and thank you everybody And we're going to take a break And when we come back We're going to talk about the FAQs Right Because there's a lot going on And a lot of things that uh, you know we wanted to discuss So we'll be right back with that
2: and we are back hey Dave I got a question for you yes sir if someone wanted to call in like I think everyone should call and give Dave lots more work but if someone wanted to call in and leave a voicemail what would they do oh oh I I didn't, leave the, I didn't give the phone number. Mm. I
0: got so excited about all the voicemails, I didn't give the phone number. What is wrong with me? Well, listen, folks, if you did want to call and leave a voicemail, like all those people did, even Cranky, who tried to delete it and was thwarted, <laughs> you can call 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. International callers dial 00. And then 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. If you don't have letters on your phone, you could dial one seven five seven four four one four six nine six. If you want to be boring.
2: Wow! I didn't give the number. What does it matter? You're just too excited, too pumped up for this show. There are a lot of good voicemails there. That, that was, was a, pretty.
0: That was a lot of voicemails. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, Kevin, thank you again for for joining us, and um, now. They came out they didn't come out with FAQs for absolutely everything but they came out with FAQs for stuff that needed it. Um mm-hmm. I actually made a little cheat sheet here for myself with uh the um some of the various uh things they did. Now, uh Chris, did you notice? I noticed uh on a lot of these they had the new war scrolls on them, but I didn't know if they changed some of these War Scrolls, like if there were big changes. And I'm hoping, like like especially for the, um, like the, like, okay, like Blades of Corn. Let's just kind of go down in order because some of these had big stuff and some of them had very little stuff, but I'd like to kind of be thorough. Uh, Blades of Corn basically had two things. Uh, add the Blades of Corn keyword to everything instead of just corn, Right. Yeah. which is i mean that's a straight up simple change but Makes it's sense. like you know yeah. they need the blades of corn keyword cuz the keywords are important and they had the new terrain and new invocation war scrolls now i i i'm not now are there i know you were
2: looking at a lot of this stuff chris did you like are there are big talking, changes there are you talking about the the battle scroll gods and heroes december 2021 no, 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 no. I'm on the FAQ page. And if you just look under the
0: FAQs, hold on. Uh, ba, ba, ba. The 21st Blades of Corn, right. Yeah, when you look at Blades of Corn, it's December. the first one in the FAQs, yeah.
2: So what everyone is talking about right now is the down. It's in downloads.
0: Oh, it's in downloads. I was just looking under the FAQs. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the downloads page. The balanced mm-hmm. data slate. Oh, I didn't even look at this. That's from November. Mm -mm -mm, That's 40K. Oh, I'm on 40K. Sorry. Oh, (laughs) Battle Scrolls, Gods and Heroes. Oh, great gravy. I didn't even look at this. I was just looking at the FAQs. Mm -mm. Well, I'm going to let you take the lead. Oh, I saw this. I like this. Mm -hmm. But I was talking in the FAQs section. Before we get to this, because this we do need to talk about but so that i so that i know i'm not a complete moron um in yeah, the I think
2: F- changed that much
0: okay so like well, the, they just continued that's a point. to that's a point. yeah so the those those uh the the endless spells and the terrain things and the invocations a lot of that stuff is still the same but they just yeah. still have it there that was the thing everything that's new is highlighted in magenta but the war scrolls I don't know if they're. You know what I'm saying? I kept looking. And going, are these new or are they the same? And I don't think they changed. I don't think the they did either. Okay, so yeah. I'm not going to worry about that. Well, you know what? Let's talk about the Battle Scroll, Gods and Heroes. First of all, I think this is a cool idea. Yeah. It's it's if you're playing, uh, you know, pitched battles. Uh, this you've got basically all the new stuff you need, all the big changes right here in one spot. Mm-hmm. what's wrong with that?
2: Like, that's a great idea f- to me. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to localize it now, you know, just, uh-huh. and they're, but they're using it to, like, focus on one aspect of the game at a time. So this is going to be, you know, gods and heroes. Because You know, AOS 3.0 is, you know, it's more focused on, especially the Beasts edition, is more focused on heroes. So they had to introduce some, balance to that, because it's getting a tad out of control. So this is their first focus. I'm sure there'll be another one focusing on a different aspect of the game at some point.
0: Oh, sure. Now, the changes in here, I know you wanted to talk a lot about these changes, and these are some of the bigger changes, uh, and mm-hmm. some people got really fired up and didn't like it. I I, I understand what they're trying to do here. Um, do you want to take the heroic recovery change here?
2: Yeah, so... The first one is a change to 7.1 in just the core rulebook, heroic actions, heroic recovery. But now it's changed to pick a friendly hero more than three inches from all enemy units and make a heroic recovery roll by rolling 2d6. If it's less than that hero's, less than or equal to that hero's bravery, heal up to d3 wounds. So basically you cannot be in combat, hand-to-hand combat anymore and do heroic recovery on your heroes because it's getting a little out of hand. You, know, you just throw these guys in there and you just every hero phase you're doing this. And it's it's getting it was getting really hard to take out some of these characters in combat. Not to mention some of them have other ways to heal, also in the hero phase. I mean if yeah.
0: you're busy fighting, you're busy fighting. You're not being like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to drink my red potion. Like, come on now. Yeah. I, I totally get this this rule I understand and I'm okay with.
2: Yeah, I am, I am as well.
0: Um, so the next big change is in Unleash Hell, mm-hmm. which is at 11.2. And I yep. am, have the actual book with me so I could see the differences here. Um, yep. The original rule says you can use this after the enemy finishes a charge move. Yep. They must be, uh, and you give it to a unit, it must be within nine inches of them, but more than three inches from them. Yeah. Um, so just... To six within six,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now yeah.
0: you got to be closer, so it yeah. it just makes it a little difficult. Then you can shoot, but yeah, uh, and it shoots you minus one to hit, and that's all the same.
2: Yeah. So they literally just reduced the range that the unit that receives the command has to be within six inches of that enemy unit. So it was. It's just. It's just you know making people compact their little fire base a little bit more than they use cuz you could people are like stringing out like units of like you know six long strike you know crossbow guys you know and just just annihilating people when they charge stuff cuz you know they tag this unit that's we got one model within 9 inches of a unit that charged in
0: well and this also it, it's a, you got to be a little riskier you got to keep your guy closer cuz when they roll that yeah. charge roll you don't have to declare who you're going after so right. By staying a little closer so you're within range to shoot and unleash hell. Because it's not like Mm -hmm. they're attacking you. You can't unleash hell if you're the one that got charged. Well, you can. Uh, After they finish their charge move, right? So I use this after they finish charge move. So they've got to be more than three inches so they couldn't have charged you. So you're like support. Yeah, exactly. And with nine inches, I could sit behind my unit safely. Mm-hmm. And ignore it But now it's like Oh I gotta be a little closer And it's a little more dangerous To keep the guys up there Right Now the other one is The Amulet of Destiny yeah. And this I know wasn't, This was kind of a, a, a one This was an auto pick for you Kind of Absolute. wasn't it
2: Oh it was an auto pick for everybody I,
0: I didn't pick it all the time I'm gonna be honest <laughs> with you But that's just me I'm well, kind of a putz So it basically was a five up ward save and now it's a six-up yeah. save. So they're right. like, okay, dial this back here a bit, Squirrely Dan, because this is just mm-hmm. a... And honestly, it's... Uh, once again, I get it. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it has
2: footbacks. It makes people, you know, give themselves different artifacts now instead of defaulting to that one. Yeah. And it also makes the other items or abilities that give a five-up save much more valuable. Like the Nurgle 5-up army-wide save is now crazy powerful because there isn't another one just like it you can just pick up for a different yeah. army.
0: Uh, and I like that, that the rest of this page is just the, the okay, here's the big thing. You know, like, this is how Hilarial's changed. This is how Marathi Kane has changed. Here's how Kragnos has changed. This, If you're playing those big guys and this is I like it because I don't necessarily play all those big guys. Yeah. But it's like it's right here. It's right here for me if if someone's gonna bring them. Because I know a lot of people who do play them. Because I'll tell you what, if I was playing Slaves of Darkness, I'd buy me an Archeon. And I don't care that he can't use the Watchamahoose now.
2: Yeah, so what he cannot do anymore is he can't take the um the allegiance abilities of whatever chaos, you know, keyword he picks up. So if he's in Zinch and he cannot use Destiny dice anymore. That's the reason why you brought him. Because you just he just uses Slayer of Kings and just use two Destiny dice and just auto kill everything.
0: Which is amazing and which actually kind of goes along with what I know about Archaeon. Yeah. But it's not fun to play
2: against. No. No, it's completely messed up.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that's that's my biggest beef. It's just not fun. Yeah. And now none of these guys get it. Like, Nagash no longer benefits from Allegiance abilities since he can be in several different armies.
2: Yeah, well, now he can go in Nighthaunt. He can. Yeah, he couldn't do that before. Well,
0: and that's good because I have a Nagash and I would like to use him and I never can. But now that I can put him in a Nighthaunt army, that makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. Where does it say that? I didn't even know that until, like, just you told me the other day.
2: It has to do with Allegiance abilities.
0: But where does it say that I can actually put him in the army? That's what I didn't get. I, I, never, know what, I didn't see.
2: What, he didn't have the right keyword before.
0: Oh, here it is. I'm sorry. It can be included in yeah. a night haunt flesh eater courts. So the war master. So basically, if you're a death army, because yeah. Nagash runs everything, it nobody tells him you can't be a part of any death army because he would he would be mean to you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to pull him out of retirement. He's just sitting in battle foam. Oh, (laughs) Oh, my Nighthawk army just got real. Oh, that's so much. That's so nice to have him in there. Because he's he's dumb. (laughs) He is. (laughs) Come on. He is.
2: Basically, they kind of turned him into a a mega gargant, kind of. Yeah. He's got this ability with the. with his um, um, number of models he counts as, and then he can give us like a 3D6 inch charge to a unit, which is kind of awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not complaining about that. Of course, he does, where is, how many points is he? Uh, 955. Yeah. Great googly moogly. And he's half your army. That is half your army. I mean, wow, I mean you know sixteen wounds, a three up save, ethereal, so a three up unadjustable save
4: mm-hmm.
0: and uh let's see he can do he can do up to eight spells still, like he's just dumb and he's got okay, oh and okay, and he's okay, so he's got a three up and then he's got a a, a ethereal and a four up for mortals. And if if the four up against mortals uh save roll is a six, he bounces that wound back at you. Oh, he's so dumb. <laughs> I like him so much. He's the worst. <laughs> so is Kragnos better or I, I yeah. mean people are screaming and yelling about these things and I you know, I don't I couldn't care less because I just want to take what's fun. But is so what's up with Kragnos? Well,
2: Kragnos now he's got he, he counts as certain number of models now you know for like holding objectives Mm -hmm. so he's kind of a mega gargant in that way um he's now he has a ward save now he didn't have one before i mean it's only six plus but better than nothing and he gets to he gets to pass off like a 3d6 charge to a unit that's uh like within range of him within a foot of him if, oh shot. yeah! If a friendly destruction
0: unit is wholly within 12 inches, you can attempt a charge with that unit if it's within 18 inches of an enemy instead of 12 inches, <laughs> and you roll three d6. So yeah. uh, now, is that so, is that any man, and all just, units uh, within 12
2: of him? Uh, uh yeah. Wow. Uh, no, it says all uh, friendly destruction. All uh, friendly destruction units are within a foot, you can attempt to charge with it. Yeah. Yeah. If a friendly, it, it, but. Uh, it's not just wow I, it... so the shenanigans are is you put a unit like into reserve somewhere that can like deploy like that uh-huh. and you sprint Kragnos up the field and then you jump that unit out and then you have a charge like 3d inches, or you know like an arachnid like oh those spiders you just jump out like two spiders and yeah, because they can, because like the the riderless spiders can like deploy, you know, off the field, you know, off, down the table edge. Do I need one? Like
0: do I need one of these for my cruel boys army? Please tell me I don't need one of these for my cruel boys army. <laughs> I don't
2: think so. He's not pretty not pretty a pure cruel, cruel boys. boys army.
0: Yeah, I'm straight up pure cruel boys at the moment. Yeah, I got that, and I got thirty old metal uh, black orcs or Ard boys whatever they call them now. So, yeah. Not quite a a nice mix, not a sweet mix. Oh good. I didn't want to paint that guy anyway. I hate his face, but whatever. <laughs> Anything else with this? Do we want to talk about Archeon? or is the big difference that Arkeon now doesn't get the doesn't doesn't get yeah. to be dumb.
2: Exactly. He doesn't get those allegiance abilities anymore. So, People are, people are you know, pretty salty about that, but it was so powerful before. It was obviously not something that I don't think that was intended. <laughs> that yeah,
0: that's the thing. It's like, "Oh, wait. This this is oh, no, no, no." You, exactly. You can't. I and mean, they let it
2: go that. for a long time. I and mean, it was and then I mean that, that that had been out there for a while.
0: Yeah. So they finally yeah, finally stopped that mm-hmm. nonsense.
4: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so that's that's everything in the and how often is this going to update? What's the deal with the battles? I, have, I don't
2: know. It's like twice a year I think they're gonna kind of, that's what they were coming out with and then Was
0: it every th- yeah, I did I couldn't remember if it was every three months or every six months they're gonna throw some this thing out here.
2: I think it's like twice a year and then like a couple of months after a book comes out, they usually release an FAQ. Yeah,
1: they haven't released a schedule yet for Age of Sigmar. They've given it to uh, biannually for forty K, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so we're still waiting to hear
0: whether there's going to be a set regular time they're going to do for Sigmar as well. Okay, fair enough. All right, so let's go back to talking about the actual FAQs because they came out with a bunch of FAQs um, at the end of the year because that's what they tend to do. Now, let me actually look my FAQs here now that I flipped over to Downloads. Uh, not forty k. All right. So the ones that came out at the end of the year, they came out on Harrison's birthday, by the way, the twenty first. Not that anybody cares, but he turned twenty one on the twenty first, and that was a fun day. And there are eleven different books that got a, an update at that time. Yeah. Uh, and once again, starting with they started with the Blades of Corn. Really not like yes. I said. Other than saying, oh, guess what? Now Blades of Corn. Um, yeah, corn
2: you're Blades of
0: corn, yeah. Yeah, corn units now say blades of corn, and yeah, then yeah. they they had their you know their invocation words supposed. "Daughters of Cain." Yeah, uh, "Daughters of Cain." Marathi, if Marathi is in a Daughters of Cain army, not because yeah. I guess she can be in other things, but if she's part of Daughters of Cain, she knows all of the lore of shadows. Yeah,
2: which absolutely but makes that, sense to me. Yeah, makes so sense. That's pretty much a universal rule for all the the big. Characters inside their factions They know all the spells of that default lore Right which is Okay
0: she's a god Right I mean Why wouldn't she know all the spells of that lore Why would this be something she didn't understand or know Right Alright we'll go through a couple others here Um I cleaned up the zinch Keyword Yeah once again changed zinch to disciples of zinch and you got the the horrors and the endless spell war scrolls in there, but those aren't new. We talked about those. Um Slaanesh- so the got, oh The, go the ahead. horrors got
2: a little bit. Their points went way up. They went to two fifty.
0: Does any okay, does anyone here on this particular call have beef with that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean it's not fixing the problem. The problem is is they have to rework the
1: entire scroll because the mechanic just doesn't work for the way the rest of the game works. Uh, yeah. I love the models. I love the whole thought of them splitting up and that. But the thing <laughs> is they have to figure out how to make it work so people don't spam it. Yeah. I don't like the new version.
2: I mean five hundred points for twenty pink horrors. Yeah. I mean that's I don't know, it's depending on what you what you're trying to do. If you're just trying to put a brick of something on a an objective and Never have to worry about it, then. Yeah, that's worth five hundred points because you can just keep, you know, you the way you kill them is usually with battle shock, and then they just completely change the way battle shock works for this unit. No, but I thought yeah,
0: they, they, I fair. thought that they couldn't. Like, hold on a second. If you took, because um, they either split and split again, or they do the other thing, right?
2: Yeah, Petty vengeance, which no one does. Yes.
0: Yeah. Now uh, horrors that flee cannot split and split again. Of course, they don't yeah. do that thing. They don't um, do that. Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <sighs> like, you can't... You, this, this unit does not suffer battle shock until you start removing brimstone horrors. Don't. Wow. You, and you, have, and you horror, have to remove the pinks, pinks first, right? Yeah, pink and blue horrors yeah. don't count as models slain.
0: Wow. That yeah, is kind just,
2: of... That is obnoxious, said, isn't it? Yeah. It's thematic, though,
1: because they aren't yeah. slain. They just split in half. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, this is a hard thing because I like, now, I don't play it, mm-hmm. and I haven't had to play against a big blob of it, okay? Yeah. In theory, as a guy who doesn't know anything about what he's talking about, I like this War Scroll. I like... How it works, it works exactly like it is in the book, okay, this breaks into two, and then those two when you replace it, it each one gets replaced by a single one, but it's got the little two on the screw- on the paper on the on the model base, but whatever yeah. um, it can take it above its unit size it horrors that flee cannot split and split again. I'm just reading this, okay, yeah. A horror that is removed from play because it has split and split again does not count as slain for the purposes of battle shock and cannot be, and it cannot be returned. Okay, that's the thing that I remember. So you can't, yeah. you can't, you can't regrow this unit. Cannot. That's the one big rule. You can't put models back.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't even, uh, I, I don't even think the the fold reality spell works on this unit. You know, I don't think it does. Well, people don't use people don't. That's the spell where you can like cast it and like re, and like bring a unit back to its
0: right. But this is it cannot be returned through the use of yeah. rules that allow you to return slain models to the unit. So, yeah.
2: but people use that. Uh, they that the, that the, you know people have thought you know you can so you can bring like the unit of like like the chariots that are ridden by like the the exalted heroes and they use full reality on that unit instead. Oh, jeez. <laughs> You just went all this work, and you killed two of the chariots. Full eh, reality—they're back. Thank God.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do with this. I don't know. I don't know how you would fix this, other than they made it really expensive. I mean, right. you, you know, that was that was their
2: fix. It just they just made them really expensive.
0: I mean, Which if is, you're if you're no. playing and you need to put in some heroes and stuff at, at two fifty for ten. Are you yeah. gonna take more than three?
4: Ooh.
0: Are you gonna take more than three units, or are you gonna take three units of twenty for fifteen hundred, and just be like, <sighs> I don't, and just be like, I'm just you know, plus then, you know what? If you're willing to buy that many models, I almost am <laughs> like, God bless you, have at it. I I just I just see it as once again as not being fun.
2: Yeah, well, the top zine charmies aren't really doing that anymore. No, they're, they're taking like the. Uh, the, the the mortals and then like the screamers and they're doing just capping objectives with them. they got Kairos and another Lord of Change just flying around messing you up. And see, and that
0: says to me that it's really, that was, I mean, maybe just making them expensive was the fix. I mean, it is cool. I've seen it played. I didn't have to play against it. I saw it played. I saw how frustrating it was for just yeah. a unit of 10 against yeah. the enemy. Um, yeah. But it works. Like, it worked for Zinch, and it was a cool thing. And the person who played it wasn't trying to take it as 20 or 30 and use all their, you know. Well,
2: th- next time we play, I'll bring my Zinch arm, and you can find it. Great.
0: <laughs> Great. See, this is what happens when you open your mouth. Huh. It doesn't I seem that easy. Points though, the, the whole thing is, is that
1: just tell us not to take it because basically it's saying, is How much money do you got? Well, I have 200, uh, $240. Okay, well, this cost if it's $250. Like, yeah. either decide that it's going to be usable or not. When you just pop things up so it's, it's no longer viable, it's basically just saying, Don't play this right now. I, it's yeah. kind of a heavy stick.
0: Well, I mean, two hundred fifty points does. I don't think it necessarily makes it not playable, but it keeps you like. Even if you wanted to take three units, because you're like, okay, I took three units, you know, three battle line units of this, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, that is a big chunk of your points, and you're giving up other things to do it, you know. Uh, but if that's the way you want to play it, you can. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the 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 points. I mean. You know that's the whole point of points adjustments. Is it's supposed to help to balance out the things that are, you know, make it more even? Yeah, I think you are right, though, Kevin. In this case, it's so. You know, if if you can't pull any blues until you pull all the pinks, right? That's the rule.
2: Right. I think if you could. I think if that as you put in two blues. Right. So
0: you pull the pinks. You put in two blues, but you can't start pulling blues until you've pulled all the pinks. That's right. I personally feel and once again talking out of my backside here. Just standing up with my backside to the mic talking out of it. If if you could take battle shock from the blues. Mm. I think suddenly and then as those things disappear. And yeah, and then they could, you know, as they as they pop off, you know, even if they just popped because the, each blue is replaced by one base of the little brimstones. Correct. If mm-hmm. you could battle shock the Blues and then have to replace them with the Brimstones so they moved off a little quicker, I mm-hmm. think that might work. And again, I don't work for the company, I don't design games, and there's a reason I don't design games. I'm not any good at it. <laughs> you know, Barnett and I used to make up games and design games and stuff like that. And you know what? I left it to him and his brother and I just play tested them for him because... Uh I'm I, I, I get I get I get really bogged down into the minutiae and stuff. That's one of the things I had super fun with when we used to play Mighty Empires is mm-hmm. I started coming up with my own special I I started adding all sorts of cool stuff to make a huge campaign of Mighty Empires go for multiple games and then had stuff where you could uh you know, level up units. Like I was doing a whole thing. It was basically sort of like what they're doing now with uh, Path to Glory, where you could do extra things uh, I did that a long time ago, um, but boy, did it get complex and stupid after a while. Um, I don't know. I I don't know. I just I wish I wish it worked <laughs> <laughs> because it seems cool to me. But then I I understand how it's not quite working. So what are you going to do? Uh, what do we got next? Uh, Sladesh again. Just adjust the keywords. For, uh, adjusted the wording for their battle traits as well, which I, I you would know more about this than I would, um, Chris. Yeah. Uh in there it says to adjust their what does it say here? Under the battle traits. All Knights unit in your army gain that keyword and you can use the allegiance abilities listed for that host of Slanesh on the pages indicated. That's just making the adjustment so that all so that you could use the different
2: yeah, there was actually one unit in there that couldn't do something. I think it was the shard speaker didn't have the right keyword or something like
0: that. So that's just that's just an adjustment for wording on the scrolls again, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh well, look four down, seven to go, and we're on the oryx. Uh yeah. because the oryx oryx is the best. Uh new cragnos scroll. That's it. We already talked about him. That's all he really got. He got an update. Um, Now, they did have a little bit of a change. Uh, They changed something about... um, No, they didn't. That was literally the only change.
4: Mm
0: -hmm. Replace Kragnos with the new War Scroll. Everything else had come out before. So, that works. Uh, Now, uh, Asiak Bone Reaper's got a bunch of little things in here. Um, Yeah. Now. The first one they asked, if Nagash is in an OBR army, can Relentless Discipline Points be used to issue his Death Magic Incarnate Command ability? Actually, a very very smart question. And if so, can players commanding an Asiak Bone Reaver army use that command ability more than once in the same phase? Uh, And they said yes to both. Uh, If he is in the OBR army, though, the only command he can issue is Death Magic Incarnate Command. Yeah. Uh, and that's just that's a that's a smart move in my opinion. I mean, they don't use command points; they use relentless discipline points. Nagash's yeah. rules. He uses command points. Well, what it, this doesn't work together if you don't fix it, and that that fixes it basically, doesn't it? Am I correct here? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. Uh, they deleted the Lords of the Ossiarch Empire battle trait. I don't know what that one is. I don't have my book with me. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and Archon the Black got the Osiarch Bone Reaper's keyword because, yes, of course he should have it, right? <laughs> you know. Sorry. And then obviously the new the new Nagash Scroll is affects OBR as well. Uh, uh, Slaves to Darkness, the new Archeon Scroll, slow, Soul uh, Soul blight Grave Lords. They lose the Supreme Lord of the Undead battle trait because, once again, well, that's that's basically because Nagash has changed, right? Yeah. Yeah. So new battle scroll with that stormcast got several small uh, adjustments. Does yeah, the, yeah. yeah? Do you want to take these because this is your army now at the moment? I know.
2: Yeah. So the draciel armor just got cleaned up, which is which is, is pretty good. Um, Can you reroll sometimes. save
0: rolls against attacks that have random damage characteristics? And the answer hey, is hey, no.
2: So is there anything more than damage two or better, you could reroll, but not random. Got it. Not, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, then the holy commandment thing. So you could always take one. Then each time, then so now you can take uh, an enhancement, right? Because in the Stormcast book, you know when you do your enhancements, you get uh, like a magic an extra artifact or an extra prayer, an extra spell or whatever. Right. They have option to take an extra holy commandment. So you can always take one. Mm -hmm. Then you can take the enhancement, you could pick another one, which is super nice. That is a, that's, yeah, that's a good one. So
0: basically, normally the enhancements you could pick was another spell or another this or another that, and they've just basically said, this is also something you can pick. You can pick holy commands for your Stormcast.
2: Yeah, Yeah. holy commands are, are pretty good for that book. They they're not bad, yeah. So it went from
0: command traits, artifacts of power, spell lores, prayer scriptures, mount trains, triumphs, unique enhancements, and that's that's really the that's one of those things that kind of falls under unique enhancements, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah,
2: yeah, because it's per that book. Yeah
0: cuz I remember when that came out I'm I'm looking all over for where are unique enhancements like what is this what am I missing where is it uh you know what and kudos to GW for being forward looking and saying yeah there's going to be books where there are things that they only this army can get we're not going right. to list them here but you can take one and this this is one of them yeah yeah all right um so what else we got sylvaneth <laughs>
2: Yeah,
0: they need some help. Hilarial, <laughs> uh, if oh, if she is part of the Sylvaneth army, she knows all the spells from the core rules. Yep. yep. Makes sense. Yeah, that's basically her thing. Um, and then in the core rule book, they did a cleanup, uh, and basically uh, they had this part, uh, you know, because you have all these sub-faction abilities, you know, like, uh, you, um, I, well, I could pick... I could pick Cruel Boys or The Big Wah or Iron Jaws for you know for my for the Auric book. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of these things weren't called sub factions, so now they clean that up. So the Great phrase are now a sub faction, and the Grand Courts and Flesh Eater Courts are now a sub faction. So they basically went through and said all the things that had different names now are now are just a, also sub factions. Your, yeah. your skyports, your great nations of the Lumineth, those are sub factions. I did like that they included uh, the Bellicor and Cragnos books. Mm-hmm. So the Jaws mm-hmm. of Mork, Glog's mega mob, uh, the Rikinors condemned. Oh, yeah. Rikinors
2: yeah, condemned.
0: I play Rikinors condemned when I play my night hunt. You want to know why? Because it's dumb. Oh, <laughs> yeah. i don't Basically. Don't even uh oh, condemned you bring in the army as long as you got the the you know the the little heroes the ones that can usually give you the reroll of ones or uh, you know for hits and stuff yeah um reserved? your chain rasps and those guys that look like skaven skeletons with the long spears so i can never remember their name cuz they're too expensive for four of them yeah those guys can just reroll like hits in, in yeah. when they're in this subfix. so it's like suddenly if you take if you're gonna if you're willing to take the crummy battle line stuff they've got and go in there Rikenor's condemned keep them near any heroes and they're just I mean seriously say what you want chain rafts aren't awesome but at two attacks a piece re-rolling hits that's yeah, good I've been, I've been playing them and that's death of a thousand cuts that's a bucket yeah. of dice getting to and re-rolling on that too
2: yeah they could increase the range of the of the uh the casters that you know keep them alive that would be that would be way cooler
0: now nah, you just take a blob of 20 and stick the caster either right behind it or in the middle
2: it works but, but, i don't know i just it just to me it limits the army needlessly just by you know that holy within thing it's like god yeah
0: but if you just put it within then you're getting then it gets silly it really yeah, does because
2: they, they already limited the size of the chain rest for Twenty or right now
0: thirty, right? It starts at yeah, ten and then it goes up to twenty and th- I think it's ten. I think it is, and then it goes to twenty or thirty. Which I yeah. gotta I gotta be honest, uh was very disappointing. Uh mm-hmm. simply because I had a thousand of them. I mean I, yeah. I'm exaggerating, but I did. Yeah, their unit size was ten. The unit size used to be twenty. Yeah. And I would and I would take I would take uh you know three units like 40. of forty.
2: Yeah, most people had forty.
0: Yeah, and now you can only—I mean, you can't even take three units of thirty because that would be six six enhancements in your game. Reinforcements. Yeah, yeah six reinforcements. So yeah, that's yeah, that doesn't work. No. But I do like that they brought in the broken realms uh, guys as well as sub factions because mm-hmm. now it's yeah, cool. totally legal. Um, yeah. They do have some p- path to glory question Q and A rules. Um. And I thought this was interesting. If rules change affect my Path to Glory Army, for example, if the new edition of my Army's Battle Tome is released, or the point values of units included in my Order of Battle are changed, should I update my Path to Glory roster accordingly? And the answer is yes. For example, if you have an existing Maggotkin or Nurgle Path to Glory Army, in order to bring it in line with the new Battle Tome, you should remove any demon units from your Order of Battle list that are not heroes. Update the points values of the remaining units, replace enhancements that no longer exist or that a unit is no longer eligible to have, and replace any War Scroll battalions that no longer exist with new ones. Makes sense. You know, if you're gonna play does does, does a new battle tome affect my Path to Glory game? It sure does. Yeah. And that that's a smart move. Why would you not keep that up to date with the rest of your book? Hmm. Do you yeah. play Path to Glory, Kevin? Oh, actually, we're going to look at starting it, because uh, Brad's
1: starting up a new army, so he's, he's doing uh, uh, the orcs uh, for that, so we're probably going to end up doing that, because I'm, I'm going back into some Cities of Sigmar builds, and it gives us a chance to build it up, so while we're painting, we can uh, start with some
0: smaller groups. Cities of Sigmar is awesome. Yeah. S- I, I my Some of my friends have been playing that, and... A couple of nice Empire things, and then you bring in um, some of the really some some really hard Stormcast stuff to back that up. There's some brutal
2: lists in there. I've got a Cities of Sigmar army in the wings, just waiting to be built out of my old Dark Elf army. Actually, that's what
1: I'm working on too. Are Dark Elves? I, I found. Uh... A, a group I founded at a convention when we were, we're still allowed to have conventions mm-hmm. and uh, just building those things up. And The thing I like about cities is that uh, we used to play uh, the role-playing game too. Hopefully we'll okay. get back into it. And it's just there's so much flavor and value in these cities and how they've evolved and grown through uh, the chaos now into the Age of Sigmar and just how these different realms and their cities and the different areas of it work it just really fascinates me
2: yeah so kevin what do you remember the old i don't know if you're a fantasy warhammer player yeah do you remember the the formation and that dark elves got the city guard you remember these guys yes yes so i a, do yeah it was like so like the front rank was guys with you know spears and, the, yeah. and like the back or the you know the front rank was guys with crossbows yeah and then the back rank is the guy with spears. so you could totally recreate that Oh, totally can. Very, very easily. Mm-hmm. So that was that was kind of the basis of my sort of army, trying to re, kind of reimagine that city guard army. The only thing I couldn't really, I mean, they always had the you know the the bolt throwers. So I'm wondering what would be the best way to proxy a bolt thrower. Either like the stormcast one. I think they use
0: the high elf ones now, don't they? There's, aren't those the ones that survived the
2: the the purge? Well, no there's no war scroll that you can take anymore that's like no. the repeater bolt throwers that's uh, okay so you have to So you have to ally in i think the only one you can actually ally in is the stormcast one so i don't even think the the luminous like bolt thrower thing is actually usable by cities of Sigmar. i don't I, think
0: all no. i know is i was cleaning up and i found a bunch of like uh pistolier ri- outriders for empire and a bunch of uh flagellants and a bunch of artillery I and mean, I'm not certain where it all came from but I've got a bunch of it like I was like where did I even get all this stuff so I've got all that right and then I look and Barnett has given me all his old armies because he doesn't play anymore and he's like but I, I don't have the heart to get rid of them. he's like I, if I ever get back into it you um, so I I am I am the keeper of the Barnett toys,
4: uh,
0: which means I have his entire Chaos Dwarf army, which will never go anywhere, because that's amazing. But I also have his entire Dark Elf army.
4: Yeah.
0: So I've got that. I've got the Empire stuff. I'm like, oh, you know, I actually have some cool stuff. I could play a little of that, too. Yeah. Well, there's some great
1: old models. The thing I love about those going to conventions, I'm not a conversion guy. Like, I I paint pretty okay me
0: neither uh head swap i'm head swap Harry. that's about it
1: yeah well the thing is is when you go and mix uh when we did the team tournament at adepticon a couple of years back i had a mix of like three generations of nurgle uh plague bearers and the judge was going to like just go over the top with points for conversion and i had to correct the young guy and say no those aren't conversions those are just models before you were born
0: <laughs> and uh
1: that yeah, like, it's that's great. It has thing. so much flavor.
0: That's the Canadian honesty coming in there. I would have taken the points.
1: <laughs> no, I had to tell him the truth and offer him a beer. That's part of our <laughs> rule. I lose my passport, so I have to be very careful.
0: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> hey, uh, Kevin, we're going over to Pizza Pizza for a slice. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, that was one of your Becca uh, points, wasn't it, when you came up here? Okay, I didn't know what Pizza Pizza was. And actually, everyone compared it to Little Caesars, and I think they only compared it because the shops are about the same size and the same color scheme, and the little yeah. stupid guy from Little Caesars says Pizza Pizza. Pizza Pizza's got better quality pizza. Little Caesars is gross. Um, <laughs> I only knew it because I'm a fan of Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> and it takes place go. It takes place in Toronto. And when he's getting his butt kicked by Evil X Number Three, they stop, and he's laying there on the ground. And huh. Evil X Three is zooming in, and they stop. The band stops looking. Uh, hey, Scott, we're going to Pizza Pizza for a slice. So uh, when you're done here, you can just uh, meet us over there. <laughs> and I'm like, what's Pizza Pizza? So when I walked by it, I freaked out when I was in Toronto. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's me. I, yeah, I get my I get my I get my culture from your place from watching uh, Edgar Wright films. So what do I know? It's a good starting point. Hey, it's something, right?
1: On Start watching Trailer Park Boys, and you'll really understand uh, Eastern Canada.
0: Yeah, uh, I tell you what, I do watch, which I like from Canada. Uh, I like. I am a huge fan of. Um, hold. I am a huge fan of uh, Letter Kenny.
1: <laughs> oh, love that show!
0: Uh, yeah, that is that's a fantastic that that makes me happy. So, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so, what else have we got here? Let's kind of uh, let's finish up there. We've got a little bit more, and this is in the Errata for the core rules. Um, uh, they, okay, the heroic recovery rule. We already covered that. Uh the Unleash Hell Rule, we already covered that. Universal artifacts, we already covered that. Territories cha- table. Oh, this is um. Oh, this is for different uh game stuff setup. So this isn't actually not I don't think this has anything to do with us. This is called a glory and stuff like that. Oh. Uh and then uh change the victory in the battle plan the trap, they change the victory points. Paragraph in the trap. I'm looking I don't even have the book in front of me because it's the core book. So it's like page 331. I'm like, uh, I don't have that in front of me." But they changed some of the victory points rules in that. So you'd have to look that up. So if you're playing the trap, out of the core book, look that up. That's the FAQs. Honestly, yeah. most of this stuff makes a lot of sense. Um I thought this was going to be a much more controversial segment because I was I have the internet. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) And when this came out, I was listening to people lose their full minds. Uh, You know, uh, they're they're never good.
2: A lot of the complaining was that they didn't do enough. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They still still didn't address, like, save stacking and that kind of stuff.
0: They didn't address that. And I know a lot of people were upset with the Gods and Heroes Battle Scroll with the points changes because they do, honestly, some of it seems a little random. And when people went in and looked in the book and you saw the major changes were anywhere between like five and 20 points, there was nothing that was a much bigger change than that. Yeah. Um, I know people were joking around saying they rolled a dice to see if it was five, 10 or 20 points change.
2: Right. Like the skull reapers, like they got 15 points cheaper. Like why? (laughs) Like, what was, what's, what's, what's their, what's their reasoning for skull reapers being a little bit less, like. Who knows? Like you know, Zangor Enlightened went way down. Like, whoa. Yeah. All right. start now. You know.
1: The problem is, is, this isn't chess. And the whole thing is a 20 point increase to a, uh, an army uh, unit for one person could be the same as being 40 points less to another player. Yeah. Because we have different skill levels. And some people are just good at min maxing and, and figuring out the little nooks and crannies to hide their armies in. Yeah. And then other people are more themed people that just want to build a story that represents a book or, or what they think the army's is supposed to be. And neither person's wrong, but it's just if we think we're ever going to find
0: a perfect balance of points, we're, we're just delusional. It yeah. just doesn't exist. Well, and I think we've got a, a couple of guys sitting here around the mics all who are more like I go to tournaments, but I don't go to tournaments because I have a, any, any delusion that I'm going to win them. Right. I go to tournaments because I want to play against people I've never played or play against Army I've never played. Or if I'm lucky, I get to play against my friends. Yeah. I mean, every year at Adepticon, by some point, I basically finagle a way to play against Ian Botts because he's a good friend of mine, and I mm. only see him at Adepticon every year. And right. we've managed to play against each other like three years in a row. And, you know, that's that's what I'm there for. Like, And I get the people who are there. Um, well, there's the people who are there because – they really want to win, and this is yep. an important thing to them. And you know what? God bless you. If winning at Warhammer is the big thing in your deal, in your life, God bless you. Totally you know? respect their skill. Yeah. Totally respect- I, I get that, and I get that this stuff aggravates you. If you are a content producer and you're out there doing this stuff and all of these little changes really affect your livelihood, I get that that uh, annoys you. Um, I am a content producer. These changes don't affect mine because I'm lore and then war. So um, <laughs> all I know is that my black coach and my Raikkonor each got a little cheaper. And I remember when I was making the list, I kept coming out to about 2010 points on the list I wanted to make. Mm-hmm. And I think that those two point drops have now allowed me to make the list I wanted to make. So Perfect. the one thing I couldn't squeeze in, just just squeezed in. So for me... These point changes are wonderful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm all about it. Uh, and that's just in that little night horn section. I don't even know what these other armies are. So, I, okay, maybe they're great, maybe they're not. Um, yeah. You know, hey, But gobsprack, the mouth of Gork went down a little bit too, I think. So, hey, you know, I, I, everything's coming up, Dave, in this last <laughs> You need all the <laughs> help you can
1: get, bud. No worries
0: at all. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, exactly. man, you know what? I've been on the bottom tables enough times, and I don't care. I'm a mid-table champion. I win a couple. It, my, uh, my tournament experiences, if it's a good a tournament experience, I'm three and two, maybe two and three. That's where I usually wind up.
1: No, and that's why I like team tournaments, because I find team tournaments are a lot more relaxed. And it's about the idea. I play a game t- so that we, between the two of us or between the four of us, are telling a good story. I win, lose, whatever, if it's a good story, I have something to talk about with my friends afterwards, that's a successful couple hours for me.
0: How many times, how many stories do you have in your head right now, honestly, from games you played years ago where something happened and it was just so much fun and so crazy, you know? I remember playing Triumph and Treachery, and it was like, if I can get this, I, I you know, the guy broke and ran, and he was so far away, and I needed a 12 to catch him. And I remember picking up the dice, and I'm like, <laughs> this 12 right here, this one right here, this 12 right here. Boom, and I hit that 12, and the whole table lost their minds.
1: Exactly.
0: My guy not only overran the unit that was fleeing that had the artifact that you had to hold to win the game, but it overran off the table. So I was off the table until my turn. And then I came back on the table, and when we picked cards for the next turn, I came up last. Yeah. So I automatically won the game. Like, we didn't have yep. to play the last round because no matter what they did, I was coming in last, coming on the t- So they couldn't steal it from me. And it was insane. Like, when that came up, first the 12, everybody lost their minds. But then when we picked the cards and I got five, they were just like, I can't believe this. <laughs> and, you, that, and, you know, that's... Like I said, Kevin, you and I are on the same page with this. This is the yeah. stuff we. This is the. That's what I like about this game. Mm-hmm. I don't so care not- if I get raffle stomped. It doesn't matter to me. You know. <laughs>
1: No, I agree. Like I, I, I want to give a good match to my opponent, but that's why I really hate it when I win my first game, let alone my first two games in a tournament, because then I'm in tables I don't belong in. And yep. the thing is that I, 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 want to get down to the place where hey, every time you roll a six, you have to drink your beer. That's the table I want to be at, yeah. and that's that's where I have fun. Again, totally respect the competitive players and the skills and the dedication they have to the hobby kudos to them and and to the people that are the playtesters that help us with the points they're constantly chasing something they're never going to catch but i respect everyone who does their best to give us a good game it's just i'm here to paint some neat little models to pretend i'm on the table with them and to have fun that's that's where i come from
0: exactly I mean, how many times are you playing with a good friend and you're just having the worst dice rolls, and you just start making jokes about it? You know, hey, oh, remember, right remember, you know, I think there are sixes on these dice somewhere. I think these <laughs> dice <laughs> have sixes. I'm fairly exactly. certain. You know, you pick them up, you're looking at them. What are you looking at? I, okay, one, two, three, four. Now there's a six. There's not two ones on this die. Okay, I'll keep yeah. playing with it. And it's exactly. just, yeah, because like I said, I'm there to have fun. Yeah. And that's like I said, and that's not what everybody's there for. Some people are there for hey, I got to win. And 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 good for
2: them too. You know, that's on yep. your that's your thing. But I once played a whole game with a guy who his symbols were sixes, but he actually didn't have ones on his dice cuz it was like yeah, his dice were all mixed up. And he said, Oh, no, all my symbols are sixes. Okay.
0: Oh, his symbols were on the ones. I started
2: noticing that some of, the dices were, some of the dice actually had sixes on them. It's like, what's the <laughs> symbol on the other side of that die? Oh, it's a, uh, oh, no. Whoops. <laughs> it. Oh, there it is. God dang it, dude. You gotta be kidding me. Oh,
0: my. Yeah. See, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs>
2: I, I, I believed the guy that it was completely unintentional but still it was hilarious
0: i mean it's got to be unintentional <laughs> that they got mixed in because i mean the if you say all the symbols are sixes the yeah. minute you they roll an actual six up. then it's like yeah. uh the jig is up
2: yeah it's like well there's some sixes right there it's like i thought you didn't have any sixes on your dice it's like i don't well what are those sixes right there he's like uh- oh uh oh yeah. his
1: mustache and rug, exit stage left. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> all right, well, that's the FAQs, okay? So we're done with the FACN, and now we're going to move to the living. When we come back from our break, we'll talk about all the entries from living in the mortal realms. All right. And we'll talk about uh, what we're going to do, and Kevin will announce to people that – He has chosen as the winners of the contest to win stuff from Six Squared Studios. We'll be right back. There's always something happening at Crocknards. That's right, friends, Grognard Games in Roselle, Illinois, and at grognardgames.com. They are now open daily from 12 to 7 for your gaming pleasure. Now, if you want, you can go into the store, find what you need. Not comfortable going into the store? Even with a mask on? Call them up for curbside pickup. Or order online at grognardgames.com. They've got what you need. They've got Warhammer. They've got Dungeons & Dragons. They've got Marvel Crisis Protocol. They've got Battletech. They've got a huge pre-owned section, and you can find it on grognardgames.com or in the store. Now, you can't play in the store right now. Still got to have social distancing protocols. And if I got to stay more than six feet away from you, probably can't play a game of magic. Probably going to be pretty difficult to play a game of Warhammer either. But you can still get all your hobby needs met at Grognards, because if the world starts to reopen, and your hobbying starts to take off again, you know you're going to need stuff, and you can find it at Grognards. And why? You know why. Because there's always something happening at Grognards. And we're back! Hello. We our are- Back, it's me, and it's Chris, and yep. it's Kevin. Hey! Now, um, forever ago, this is all right. Backstory time. Kevin, back in July, said, "Didn't you just have your anniversary in June?" And I said, "Yes, we did." And he said, "We should have a contest. Like we like to do. We like to celebrate the anniversary of the show, which means we're going to have another contest in like six months." Um. <laughs> It is. That's
1: what it means exactly. And we could
0: not come up with an idea for a contest. And then you, Chris, asked me if you could be anything in the mortal realms, what would you be? And you stopped me cold with that question. (laughs) And of course, if anyone remembers, I came up with the lamest answer. Basically, I want to be Conan. I want (laughs) to ride through Gur on a big steed with a big sword, listening to Sun and Steel from Iron Maiden, and just, just... Killing everything that gets in my way. I want to be just a killing machine,
2: not you get necessarily a, of a metaphor album.
0: Yeah, not not necessarily fighting against huge, vicious, and I, I don't need to fight against the hordes of chaos. I don't need to go toe to toe with Archeon. I just want to ride through Gur and just have adventures, like kind of like The Witcher. I just want to fight monsters and <laughs> save people. Like I, I, I have no imagination. I'm lame. That's what I want to do. And then it was like. Why don't we have that be the contest? And so then we said, let's have that be the contest. And then I forgot to announce it two episodes in a row. So a month and a half later, we announced the contest. (laughs) And then we gave people about a month and a half to enter. And here's what we've got. I've got a stack of entries. This is, uh, let's see. We printed it out, single space, 12 font. And it's two, four, six, eight. It's about 11 pages worth of entries, 13 entries in all. And, yes, we're going to read through some of these because some people just did stuff so quick, but some people really put their heart into these writings. And I thought it might be fun to give them the Garage Hammer lore treatment. So I'm going to go through these, and then we can discuss them. I think that's a fun way to do it, right?
1: Oh, that's fantastic.
0: So, and, and I just went in order that I got them, okay? So entry number one, first person to enter was Tyler McDonald, okay? And this is Tyler McDonald's entry. Everyone is the hero of their own story. The realms are full of warlords and kings, wizards and horrors, soldiers and farmers. Every one of them the hero of their own stories. Each among them living and breathing, experiencing events as they unfold, a living tapestry of memories and experiences, of joys and sorrows, loves and losses, hate and hunger and rage. Oh, how I miss being alive. Once in life, I kept the records of Sigmar's faithful. Mortal and Stormcast alike, I recorded battle after battle, interviewing his chosen and his flock alike. It was my duty to record all stories as they, them, friend and foe alike, and commit them to memory and page. From the unhinged ravings of the pawns of the ruinous powers to the quiet, subtle scorn of the elves, their endless riddles of wisdom preserved forever in the history of the realms, all preserved for good and for ill. So much was lost in the age of chaos. We were sworn to preserve everything we could so none would forget the sacrifices and the triumphs in this age and for all the ages yet to come. And so it was that my order recorded century after century every moment we could find. That all ended for me in the jaws of a mighty maw crusher. Even as I marveled at the strength and size of such a beast, I felt myself die and darkness claim me. I had expected a flash of lightning, the sound of righteous thunder to save me, as it had so many times before, or perhaps the blessed calm of eternal sleep as my duty finally came to an end. I felt only the chill of the grave, only the sound of silence, an eternity of void alone. And then, at long last, a voice broke the silence. At long last, my scribe has arrived. In life you recorded the deeds and dreams of the living, and now you will chronicle the history of the dead. Such is the will of Nagash. And so I did, from shade to to horror of bone, from vampire to deluded cannibal, I recorded their deaths and tortures and campaigns against all that lives. My shackles clinked, made of nothing, but heavy all the same. The weight of it made me weary to my core. Guilty of the crimes of never chronicling the glories of Nagash, now I toiled to fill endless skin and bone tomes, to show Nagash his own glories as I'd seen them. Every now and then, I'd slip my master's notice and can interview the living or talk to the dead of their lives before their damnation. When that cold gaze f- sees fit to find me again, the punishment is hard indeed. But to his credit, the great necromancer never destroys my work in those brief moments of rebellion. I suspect he enjoys reading them as much as I enjoy writing them. I leave this message to you, my brothers. Do not seek to free me, for as important as the work was in service to Mighty Sigmar, my task now might be even of more import. I am the chronicler of the damned, and it is with grim determination I accept this task. If we are ever to come together, we must understand each other. I've left all the copies of my work that I dared to take here. Take them home, add them to my beloved library. Nothing is more important. In Sigmar's name, Terrell Glyphcrest, Chronicler of the Realms.
1: That's that a- was awesome, Dave. Well done. Thank- uh, and well done for the, this writer here. So for Tyler. Oh. oh.
0: This is what I liked about this contest. It's not just, and I think the most of the people who entered weren't like a lot of these weren't. I want to be a stormcast, or I want to like even I didn't want to be one of the armies. These are people. It's like he was a stormcast, but this is a this is something I've never read in any of the books.
1: See, I think this this guy. uh, I think he plays the role-playing game because this is a freaking brilliant character. Uh, that he he's developed here. He starts it off as one thing. It has an evolution to the character itself. He's put a lot of thought and energy into this, and that's why I love about garage hammers. The people that listen to this show love our game, and that's the whole thing. And that they put it out there for us every time we have a contest, they give their heart and soul. And oh, that's just the first one of thirteen. I yeah. can't wait for the rest. Can't so, wait for the
0: rest. Thank you. T- so the next one came from Sheldon P. Turner. Okay. Hi, Dave, Chris, and the guys at Six squared Studios. Here's my submission for who I would be in the mortal realms. Now, there's a theme that runs through this before I get into his. A lot of people, and I found this very interesting, I did not pick anything close to my real life or my real job. Anybody who knows me knows I'm a 50-year-old fat guy with bad knees who can barely walk, much less fight. A lot of people, including Sheldon, we're like, this is what I do for a living, and I love it, and I would like to do it in the mortal realms. Now, of course, I'm a teacher. That's not going to be super fun in the mortal realms, it's super exciting. But these guys took their jobs and found a way to make them very interesting in the mortal realms. Now, I'm going to run with this one. I know most people would want their fantasy character to be different from who they are in real life, but I really like what I do. As a geologist, I get to travel to breathtaking and uninhabited locations, map it, and then figure out how the landscape got that way. Every time I open up an Age of Sigmar Battle Tome or book, I jump straight to the maps and the landscape pictures, and I just sit there imagining what it would be like to be there and what each and what story each location tells. So if I had to live in the Mortal Realms, that's what I would do. Explore each realm. From the combatant plate tectonics of Gur to the shifting wastelands of Shamon and map everything natural and magical and piece together the history. The realms are so vast and the landscape's always changing, so I would see this endeavor taking many lifetimes and could never really be finished. This would mean I'd need to be near immortal, and I think a storm cast would probably be my likely choice. I could see myself mounted on a grift charger, wandering the wilds of each realm and sending reports back to Azir of the magical waypoints, lost civilizations, and unruly geology I come across. I'm not sure if this fits anything we have in the game right now, a cross between an ordinator with their surveying devices and the vanguard chambers of their long-range scouting. So in the fun naming schemes of Sigmar, I'd be a knight cartographer of the hammers of Sigmar. (laughs) Guy made up his own guy. And you know what? There's I like, and why not? There's 38 flipping characters. Let's add a 39th night cartographer. Hey, GW, if anyone from there is listening up, I would love to see a night cartographer in one of the books. That would be awesome. Here's a guy and his special rules can be that he gets to do special movements and stuff because he understands the the lay of the land better than anybody.
1: Or affects the terrain rules for uh the terrain rules for items.
2: Oh, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. And if you okay. think it fits in with like the uh, the crusades that they're doing too, because they would need guys
0: like that. Yeah. So let me. Oh, hear, uh, I'll finish this part up. We got one more paragraph here. In the Realmgate Wars, as Vanda's Hammerhand was running around clearing Axia of the Bloodbound, I'd be heading over to the roots of the Flamespire Mountains to map the faults and folds. When the Soul Wars began and Nasus Heavenson was defeating Glims Forge from the Night Hunt, I would have been studying the impact of the Necroquake on the undead ecology of the Skull Isles of Halost. Now that Sigmar's attention is focused on Gur, I'd be exploring the dying continent of Carcass Dance, trying to calculate the rate at which it's being consumed by the continents Thandia and Antor, recording all I could before those land and its secrets are eventually sub uh, subducted into oblivion. That's from Sheldon. Well done, Sheldon. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> that's I, love a- I love that one. I love that he, Night Cartographer, that's fantastic.
1: Well, I like about these is that everyone because a lot of time for people, they go, I want to be the greatest X, whatever that's going to be. And the whole thing that this is about is I like who I am and I want to put myself in the world I love. And this is how I'll contribute. It's about community. And that's what, like you said, there's going to be themes through a number of them that way that people are just trying to see themselves, close their eyes and imagine if they were in that place. Yeah. And that, that's, that's, I loved those books growing up as a kid. The ones that transported you into the realms of Dungeons and Dragons or other fantasy things from real worlds, uh, like Thomas Covenant and that sort of thing. Those yep. are the books I loved because oh. it gave me an escape. I know nobody liked the, the movie it. except
0: me, but um, what's yeah. it? Um, oh, what's his name? John uh... Martian Chronicles? The John, John of John Mars. John Carter,
1: Warlord of Mars.
0: Yes, Mars. John, John Carter yeah. of Mars. Yeah. John Carter of Mars is a great series of books, and the movie was actually quite fantastic. Uh, I, yeah. um, It's got that weird 20s feel where, like, oh, life on Mars, people there's people living there, and they look like us, and they can breathe and stuff, and now we know there isn't, so it's a little weird, but I loved John Carter of Mars as a kid, reading those stories. Yeah. Yeah, and this is that type of thing, having someone just over into these other worlds and seeing how they're different and how they fit into them. All right, uh, next entry is from Kevin Moore. This is another one of the slightly longer ones, but not as long as this. We only have one more. There is, I think the last one, I think it is, is like, no, it's oh, not yeah. the last one. There's one in here that's like two and a half pages. It is bananas, but it's actually pretty good. So here, this one's from Kevin Moore. To fully appreciate the story I'm about to weave, you need to have a little history of me. First off, I grew up on a farm which involved lots of physical labor and lots of food. Second thing about me that's important is I got into powerlifting about ten years ago. The third thing is I'm six foot three and bulging with what could be muscle. Thanks to all of these things, I can eat far more food than is healthy at any one sitting, and chances are I'll be hungry again shortly thereafter. I think you can see probably where I'm going with this. I imagine myself in a scenario that goes like this: I meet an ogre mercenary. Now I'm I'm assuming he's human. Yes. Okay. Hundred percent. That's another thing. Man, I should have been an orc. I didn't think about that. God, I suck at this. I would have lost this contest. Okay. I meet an ogre mercenary band and challenge him to an eating contest. He's so impressed with me that he takes me back to his maw tribe. While I'm there, I see the butcher cooking. What are you doing? I shout. You don't cook Dwarden with sage? And you call yourself a herald of the gulping god? One thing leads to another, and I find myself in a contest with the slaughtermaster Chef. I scanned the kitchen, which is bare, as the other contestants have already eaten most of the food. But I managed to scrounge together enough food to put together a fantastic meal, starting with a salad made with branch wraith, hair, grots, and cherry tomatoes. You gotta have cherry tomatoes. Uh-huh. The main dish would consist of smoked mega gargant foot, slow-cooked until tender, and basted in a sauce of chain-rasp essence. Obviously, this would win over whatever slop the butcher was cooking, and at which point he would be eaten by the show's host, Chef Gulpin Ramsey. <laughs> 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 I would return to the Maw tribe in victory, live in the good life until we went to battle, where I would die almost instantly and probably be eaten by the same ogres I had won over. You got to be realistic about some things. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes on He says he wants to th- say thank you for the show I fell backwards into Age of Sigmar Through mini painting I fell in love with Beast Claw Raiders When I first saw the Stonehorn Found your show on the Maw Tribes After the book came out Put an army together And have recently started playing Since 3.0 dropped It's been nice having a place I can learn the lore And just listen to people Who are excited about the game Seems like a lot of the forums and chats Are just filled with complaints and negativity And I literally don't have time for that Thanks again guys Keep up the good work <laughs> Another guy Hey look I do, I'm do. i a power lifter I eat a lot I'm going to go out Eat the ogres This is where you took Your own thing Like you just said But you also just made it um, You know, you said A lot of people do I'm the best at Dude if he's out Eating the ogres He's the best at eating
1: <laughs> But he's not the best At fighting So he's real I love the realism Involved in there too For something <laughs> that's fantastic It's like Yeah yeah I won the cooking contest However when we actually Got to the first battle I died so it's not making it sorry he's the bestest ever it's just it's
0: colorful it's character it has it has a good sense of humor to it and then really he got cool. eaten by the ogres because you gotta be realistic about this they're not exactly. gonna they're not gonna not eat him 100% I love this one alright and Chris please chime in if there's anything that you, that you I'm not trying to just ignore anybody here I just want to read all of these Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And everyone's having, their, everyone's having their sound issues. So I'm just like, I'm hogging the mic today. So, all right. Ian Felsen. Ian Felsen writes, I hope this email finds you well. I'm Ian, listening all the way in Malta, in Europe. Thank you for all the work you put into your shows. You mitigate the commuting traffic problem. I've heard that a few times. If I had to be a character in the AOS world, I'd be an elf wanderer. Accompanying Dawnbringer Crusades as a wildlife expert. While documenting the nature of places and teaching the pioneers, I cannot help but lament the loss of nature and death of creatures I know this progress will lead to. Greywater fastness is still a painful memory. Being a biologist in life, I cannot help but wonder what the wanderers in the cities feel like looking out at the wild nature past generations abandoned for the safety that Sigmar offered. Keep up the good work. Cheers, Ian. This is a. It's short, but I like this idea too. I'm someone who is out there helping look at the flora and fauna, and someone who's lived a long time, and yeah, and doesn't necessarily care for the changes. No,
1: eco-conscious in the age of sigma, you you can't
0: help but love that. Yep. All right. um, Number five. This is from David Thompson. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This. Oh, dear Lord. <coughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> We're already laughing at this. Okay, so for my entry, I'd like to start out as a dog groomer or a pet groomer in the realm of Grr, as that's what I do in real life. I'd get conscripted to war as a bodyguard unit to a wizard. I would die an honorable but brutal death trying to defend her from the slaves of darkness slaves to darkness. I would get saved by Sigmar as he saw my honor and get forged into a Praetor, linked to a knight Arcanum. Praetors out of the New Range are by far my favorite. They stand loyally by their hero, knowing that they are the last line of defense for them. Not saying they're going to shy away from a fight. Yeah, she's a little weird, but you know I'd protect her with everything and knowing that if she gets into trouble, the fighting would be nice. Always liked a nice pole axe and always liked protecting people. Volunteer fighter fire thank you from david thompson bringing both of his things in
1: yeah.
0: i start yeah, off Parker doing Parker what i always do.
1: liking a nice polax exactly I-, <laughs> I
0: i like it. i would be a dog groomer like in real life working in gur like the dogs in gur are getting groomed i just just picture the dogs in gur they'd be like i i picture them as those pets that the tuscan raiders have in the new episode of uh, book of boba fett Oh yeah, yeah. Exactly. He's out there grooming those things, like, yeah, you know, it's good. But hey, somebody's got to keep your pets looking pretty. And then he gets out there and gets killed and gets becomes a storm cast where he can take care of other things. That's fantastic. Uh, it just made me
1: smile. This was this just made me happy. That one.
0: Okay, now this one's from Andrew. Um, so Andrew writes, "Hello, my entry is based off my allegory to death." If I was an individual in the mortal realms, I would be a merchant of metal buff. Okay, bu- I just stopped. I forgot about this one. <laughs> this guy. This <laughs> friggin' guy. <laughs> <laughs> I would be a merchant of metal buffing compounds, applications, and chamois in the realm of Azir. I'd obviously be a Duarden with the endorsement of Grugni. I have the energy of the slap-chop guy from TV as I grab a lowly liberator from the crowd of passersby, slap a bit of grime on a bracer, and work my magic, bringing back that mirrored service and moments and with minimal effort. A bit of oxidation from a recent trip to Akshi? I got you. Some ectoplasm from a smoke chain rash? Wipes right off. Everything from large home setups, free estimates, to travel kits, to gift packs from the shiniest or dullest friend. this guy's running infomercials and selling <laughs> snake oil in Azir to shine up this, the, uh, the, the shine-
1: <laughs> All I know is this guy might have some better prizes than I do. That- <laughs> it was weird, and I loved it. This
0: is fantastic. This is so, this is, uh, this is so dumb, but so wonderful. Like, I just, like, I never thought about this. Here's a guy who's a Duarden. Who knows all about armor? Yep. And he's selling armor polish. Yep. Look at this. You got their polish on that shoulder pad, my polish on this shoulder pad. After 7 seasons of rain, look, the water still beads on my shoulder pad.
4: <laughs>
0: oh my lord. Oh, that's fantastic. All right. This one's from Ryan Nickel. Actually, uh used to used to be on the show back when he was playing. Oops. Back when he used to play back in 8th uh, uh, edition Warhammer. And Ryan writes, If I were living in the mortal realms, I would want to be an elven lord with a dragon or draconoth. I've always loved the idea of having a partner in battle of a dragon and have loved the dragon rider since the world that was. In the mortal realms, I would choose to live in Gyran, making the living city my home. I envision my home being high in the boughs of a tree tower with ample space for my dragon to land and live i would be an avid worshiper of the elven god alerial and teclas would also have my respect i would support alerial and those of the living city in defense of the realm spending my days scouting the realm with my dragon high above the forest and among the floating islands wielding lance and sword i would scour the realm of chaos with the assistance of my fire-breathing ally In my free time, I'm sure I would enjoy the wonders of the realm and pay visit to the elven homies in Azir and Hish. The elven homies in Azir and Hish. Uh, uh. Of course, my name would be Lord Barion, and if my dragon didn't already have a name, it would be Indrognir for obvious reasons. And there you have it. That's Ryan's nickel, Ryan Nichols' entry. Uh, uh, uh. I like that. I like that he knows, and here's the thing. I I used to... I mean like I said back in Fantasy 7th and 8th edition I met Ryan back in 7th edition Fantasy and he lo- I mean he did play a lot he plays a lot of corn <laughs> yeah. but he also used to play he loved high elves and dragon riders that was he loved them so for him to be an, another dragon rider in the mortal realms is not surprised me at all Okay entry number 8 Adam he- Adam Hederick okay uh, <laughs> I thought hard about who I'd be in the mortal realms, and I'd be a Lord celestant because they're pretty awesome. A hammer, a sword, and a cloak of hammers? Forget about it. Anyway, I wrote a little story about how I would be chosen, too. The story starts the warlords of both my Nurgle stars, both the warlords of my Nurgle and my Stormcast army. Hope you've been well and keep the episodes coming. Now, this one's, this one's long, folks. This is a long one. Settle in, okay? Yeah. Here we go. Hold on, I'm gonna have a sip of my. I got. I was at the. I was at the local Polish deli, and I got a, a legit Polish beer, Piwo Nad which is a, a honey uh, laced beer, which is delicious. I might add. Mm. Have a sip, wet my whistle, and get going on this one. All right, here we go. <laughs> Normally, a far a farmer's cottage would be of no consequence to a rampaging Nurgle horde avering as much resistance as a, <laughs> offering as much resistance as a cinder does a snowstorm. A A ataxius decrepiton felt something different about this farmhouse. A feeling that if he did not fell its inhabitants, he would appear weak to his knights. He also had the notion that if he left it as is, he would allow hope to grow bountiful. No, he thought, that won't do. Hope has to wither on the vine. He beckoned to his second, Count Septimi the Seven-Fingered, indicating that the farmhouse needed to be brought to the ground. Brother Septimi, grandfather has, has offered us a small portion of his blessings. We get to have an afternoon of sport. The Blight Lord Septim laughed, thinking of the despair that the mortals in the farmhouse would be feeling, seeing the odds they were up against. Septim knew that their grandfather had truly turned his gaze on them this day. As Decrepiton rode in at the head of his plague knights, he found a lone figure blocking his path. A warrior priest of Sigmar had walked out of the homestead toward the plague horde. He hailed, a, tas- a-, a Taxius Offering him a challenge of lone combat, Lord Knight, if that is what truly lurks under your foul visage, I would have you know that Helmet, Einst- Eisen- I'm sorry, I'm having trouble with these names. Helmet Eisenstrom is the man who will best you today. As Sigmar gives me strength, the warrior priest charged at the, lo- the Chaos Lord, as Ataxius dismounted from his steed. Thus combat was joined, the faithful of Sigmar against one of Nurgle's chosen. Gleaming Sigmarite Warhammer rained blow after blow, only to be deflected time and again by rusted steel plague cleaver. Helmut had told the farmer to load up what he could carry and ride with his family as fast as possible once the duel began, so he knew that the longer he could keep the Lord in combat, the better the chance of the mortals getting free. He was well aware he was outmatched. Ataxius was far slower, his diseased bulk of offering little in the way of speed or agility, but he was also immensely strong and particularly impervious to pain or injury. Whenever Helmut could get a blow through his opponent's guard, it simply resulted in a wet thud as his hammer impacted with flesh made numb by various rotting plagues. Helmet, on the other hand, felt whenever the putrid lord connected with his heavy-handed swings. Each time the plagued blade bit into his flesh, his will to fight was sapped, the weapon wounding his confidence as well as his body. Such is the way of Nurgle, forcing the otherwise strong of body into bouts of great despair. The better to sway them to his worship as they cry out for deliverance as their bodies fail them. So it was that the warrior of Sigmar was cut down by wounds that would not clot, let alone heal. Helmut did not cry out for mercy, nor did he even grunt in pain, denying his foe even that satisfaction. He had stoically fought in silence, no pithy remarks to his opponent, no quarter asked, offered, or given. The blow that laid him low was a massive two-handed cleave to his stomach, delivered laterally after Helmut had overbalanced, tired and clumsy. He had made an attack of his own, but Ataxius had parried it all too easy before striking the warrior priest down. As Helmet fell to the ground, the blazing sphere of bush began to settle over the Gyran horizon. Ataxius saw a wry smile slowly creep onto his opponent's face, and realization dawned on him. This mortal had been delaying him, the Plague Lord thought. He had faced them with the knowledge he would die. The warrior priest tried to stand and fell forward onto his stomach, his face buried in the mud. And Ataxius issued commands to his knights and men-at-arms to burn the farmstead and kill anyone they found. Helmut pushed himself to his feet, snatching his warhammer away from the ropes of intestine that his innards had begun to form. Ataxias turned back toward the priests. Such heroic nonsense, he said, with a gurgling laugh issuing from his cancer-ruined throat. Grandfather will not be pleased that you didn't ask for his help. He swung his noxious cleaver at Helmet's legs, hoping to knock him down again before finishing him once and for all. Helmet, with a swiftness unexpected of one who had just been near disemboweled, blocked the blow on the haft of his hammer. If it's all the same to you, Plague Lord, he snarled through gritted teeth, I'll die before asking your foul patron to help. So be it. Taxius chuckled. With the mirth of victory, he grabbed Helmet by the shoulder, pulling him close. He thrust his cleaver into the stomach of the warrior priest, punching it into his abdomen and out through his back. Know this, warrior priest, the age of chaos is at hand. The mortal realms face the rage of the dark gods. And where is your craven god king? The foul warrior pulled the near lifeless helmet closer, whispering, He hides locked away in his realm, not willing or not able to oppose us. Chaos in all its glory will reign for a thousand upon a thousand years. Mortals like you will be mere playthings, and your very souls will not be safe. As the life slowly left Helmut's eyes, he stared into the faceplate of the Nurgle Lord's Helm. With his remaining strength, he mustered a final act of defiance, hawking up whatever blood and saliva were still in his mouth, spitting into his oppressor's rusted faceplate. The Lord of Nurgle paused, and an even more throaty laugh issued from the corroded iron. Slowly, a decayed pink-gray tongue, more in common with a tentacled limb from a deep-sea creature than any organ used for taste, slipped out through the gap in the helm. Ataxius licked the spittle away, savoring the taste of his foe's spite. You were a worthy opponent. If only our mortal frame could have allowed you to fight for longer, I would have kept you for sport. Ataxius held him up until he was sure there would be no more attempts at bravery, then pulled his cleaver free, lowering the corpse to the mud. He mounted his carrion Destrier and signaled for his horde to ride off for further conquest. Taxius glanced back as he and his host moved down the old muddy track. The priest lay still. He could not see anything to indicate breath or even an involuntary muscle movement. He thought that while the duel had been satisfactory, he didn't feel the blessings of Nurgle as he normally did when he bested an enemy champion. Unworthy and too clean, he mused, thinking how even Sigmar's priests were not among the Storm God's chosen. He made a silent prayer to Grandfather as he rode off, happy that his patron was less discerning and far more generous. (coughs) Excuse me. As Helmut's body lay amid the mud and the blood, Sigmar turned his divine gaze to the small homestead and with the pride of a father watching the accomplishments of his son, plucked the warrior priest from the grim faith that hurled toward him. Helmut would have a chance to become more than he ever was one of Sigmar's Chosen Warriors. There we go. That was ambitious. That was really ambitious. Yeah. That was cool. Very good. Yeah. A lot of stuff happening there. And he's bringing all his own characters into it. So you get his own characters from his other armies. So he's got his Nurgle champion who's actually creating or helping to create his Sigmarite champion. It's a nice bit of work there. Mm -hmm. All right, number nine. Hi, guys. Harry from the UK here. Just want to say I love the show. It always keeps me entertained on my way to and from work. If I was working in the mortal realms, I'd be quite happy as neferatas or any other vampires for that matter. Interior designer. Because you can be be pretty sure that as long as you make everything black or red, they're going to think you've done a good job. Only the faithful. All I have down here is gamer eye for the dead guy. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works, man. That works. <laughs> it's, simple. <laughs> it's simple and it works. Okay. Here's, here's one of my favorite short ones. This one's from Chris. Chris writes, the honest and unfun answer is I'd want to be a librarian in Azir. It seems like a nice cushy job with interesting books to read and a distinct lack of everything trying to kill me. The fun answer is I'd be a Dewarden rogue trader aboard an airship with a loyal yeti who owes me a life debt and maybe a pet squig. <laughs> Thanks for putting on the show. I'm enjoying it sincerely, Chris. I like Okay, that first one. No, no, no. No, sorry. You don't get to be I've read enough Lovecraft. You don't get to just I would like to be a librarian in a bru, in, in a in a library full of ancient wisdom and tomes. That you're either you're either fooling yourself or you're planning on becoming a necromancer or some other sort of, uh, you know, finding some ancient forbidden knowledge. Yep. Which, you know what? That's kind of a cool way to go. Hey, can I just work in the library here? You know, a few years <laughs> later, it's like, you're not aging. I know. <laughs> totally turns evil. I like that one. All right, this one's from Bill Shea, and he is Billy Scheitz on Patreon. Uh, And he says, uh, I'm illiterate in computers, so I'm just typing this up as an email. Uh, I've considered what it would be like. I have considered what I would like to do in the mortal realms, and honestly, I might be boring. I've worked as a mechanic my entire career, and I have an intense love of working on machines. So I see myself as a dwarf, perhaps of some repute, working in a city of Sigmar, building war machines as only the dwarfs know how to do. I think the idea of maybe being something like a field mechanic, repairing them while out on campaign would also be very appealing. Now with the new lore, the idea of being a dwarf out on a Dawnbringer crusade and being the one responsible for something like a steam tank might even be my ultimate goal. Fighting greenskins, chaos, and whatever Gur throws at us, all while maintaining the war machines that power the Crusades. Attempting to establish a city or cities, all while trying to survive the wilds. All with the most important aspect of the mortal realms, superior dwarven firepower. Why not KO? I don't like beard armor. Why not KO? I don't like beard armor.
4: Mm. Uh.
0: There you go. It's not the best written or most interesting, but I love this kind of thing. Let's consider this a work in progress. Thanks for giving us an opportunity. I love hearing what kind of stories people can think up from Bill Shea. I like this. Of course, you know, if we were talking Warhammer fantasy, I'd have been a dwarf too. That's what I would have chosen. Exactly. Sigma doesn't have enough dwarven war machines. They cancel most of them. But I loved how this guy,
1: um, Bill puts himself right into that story. Uh, writes from what he knows,
0: which is always a smart thing when you're writing, and uh, made it fun. Yeah, I really like this. Yeah. All right, we're down to the last two, folks, the last two exciting entries. Okay, so let's go here.
3: Um,
0: If I can be any being in the Age of Sigmar, I'd be one of the sentient winds that races across the landscape of Elon and Ish. Not only would I, be, would I be super wicked cool and free, but I would also be a kingmaker among the elves. My job would be choosing the bravest young realm lord and racing him in his glider through the trials of prowess and bravery. Some would become leaders. Some would die in wild, sudden, and bloody crashes into floating pillars, the ground, or maybe one another. And that's from Ni Crow. I think that's how you pronounce it. N-I, the first name, and then Crow. This is clever.
1: Very clever.
0: I would never I have that. thought of this. No, and that's one thing
1: about like Sigmar and that took our old world and that sort of thing and said what ifs of all the different possibilities of the different realms and uh here really embraced that entire
0: feel for the game. I love it. It would be the sentient wind. I could not if you let me if you said sit down and read every battle tome and take yeah. notes and come up with what you wanted to be the most, I wouldn't have even this wouldn't have even crossed my mind. No. I love it. Yeah. All right. Last one Brandon Huss. This is Brandon from Columbia, the one who's on the Pork Chop Express, I'm assuming. And he's talking about Targo True Guide. Okay. Here we go. The mighty storm hosts of the Stormcast Eternals boast a huge variety of line troops, cavalry, and war machines. From the shield walls of the Liberators to the elite and terrifying Storm Drake Guard, the Sigmarite-clad warriors of the God-King are as numerous as they are unnerving to behold. While the most loyal of Sigmar's warriors are the Stormcast Eternals, his armies also include other beasts and monsters. Some are used as powerful mons- mounts for Sigmar's champions, others act as scouts and spotters, while others are loyal companions, such as the Griffhounds of Azir. Griffhounds have ever been part of the Stormhosts of Azir, and they have been heralded as some of the noblest of Azerite beasts. Many have seen the Griffhounds that accompany various Stormcast leaders or armies, but only a handful know how these beasts are brought into the forces of Azir. One such individual is the halfling Dargo true guide. Dargo works in the stables and breeding grounds of Sigmarun, mainly attending to and training the packs of Griffhounds destined for inclusion into Sigmar's heavenly hosts. Many believe that Griffhounds naturally bond with their stormcast charges, storm charges, but Dargo knows better. It's a process by which griff pups are brought to those stormcast leaders who seek a companion, and over time, through many exposures, a griff pup will show particular affinity toward the stormcast. After the griff pup is selected, Dargo begins the process of training the pup to obey commands. While some of these commands may be for play purposes, most are for war, Protection or sniffing out enemies. The only thing difficult to teach a Griffhound is to heal with the scent of the servants of chaos when the a uh, scent of the servants of chaos lurk about. So attuned are Griffhounds to the blight of chaos, they often attack or pursue those in service of the Dark Gods despite the wishes of their bonded storm cast. Dargo has all but given up on training it out of his Griff Pups. Thus, Dargo has coined the phrase, you can't keep a griffhound from chasing chaos lackeys any more than you can keep Grimnir's folk from chasing Urgold. Those, <laughs> griff p- <laughs> those griff pups who do not bond with Stormcast tend to gather in packs, preferring to roam the local fields for prey. Not one to give up on these noble animals, Dargo joins these packs on the hunt by way of his local griff mount, Swiftbeak. While riding Swiftbeak, Dargo and his mount act as a shepherd and trainer alike, guiding the pack towards areas where their skills can be put to good use. Upon maturity, these Griffhound packs later join Stormcast Eternal Armies who require swift-moving units to outflank enemy battle lines or sniff out scouting parties. The warning cries of Griffhounds can be heard for several miles and help inform Stormcast war hosts of enemy ambushes. I like that one. First of all, he brought in a halfling. Yep. which you don't see outside a blood bowl anymore. And he brings him in as a trainer. And I like how he rides one of the Griffhounds because, of course, that's about the right size. It's perfect. No, he, again, he, he's ready for things that he likes and he knows.
1: And anyone who treats dogs well, he, he kind of gives it like back a history of how the Griffhounds get attached to it, too. So he added his own little piece to the lore, which yeah. is always awesome. No, They're all
0: awesome. They're just great. So that's all 13 entries. Now, Chris, I know you had a couple that you really liked.
2: Yeah, so I was uh, do you want to go over those or
0: just what yeah, just which ones did you like and what what, what really stuck out to you?
2: So I like the uh, the night cartographer one just because I like the idea of you know sort of a new character being introduce you know and uh i yeah. would, would actually be a fascinating addition to uh the, and um i also like the the elf wanderer a, a wildlife expert i really like that one because i think that's kind yeah. of fun and then uh, the one i also liked was the last one we just read about the um the gray the Griffhound trainer so I think that would be that would be cool because there is a lot of Griffhound stuff going on uh, in AOS, particularly with you know the different characters and whatnot, it was very very cool. Yeah, I like that's the sort of effort effort everyone put into these is fantastic.
0: Yeah, my jaw is sore from reading all of this. Like I'm not joking. <laughs> There's a lot happening in these in these stories. That's a lot of writing. People really put their hearts and souls into this. I'm really having trouble picking any sort of a favorite. I loved. The halfling griffhound uh, razor, um, you know, I loved. I mean, I know Nichols, so I really loved him. You know, with his dragon stuff, because this is just—I mean, that's just that's just like comfort food. Like I knew all of this, and just hearing him to sort of spell it out and describe it in in the mortal realms was great. Yeah. Um, I loved everyone who brought their real jobs into the into the into the into the thing uh, whether it's eating contests or or grooming animals or whatever um, these are all just really wonderful' it's, I'm really I was really impressed when I when I finally got all the contest entries and put them all together and 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 printed it out and then sent you guys each a copy. I was like man this is this is more effort than I put into this and and I was doing it as a show <laughs> segment I was like come on. <laughs> so I don't know. so Kevin, yes this is this is your deal, man. this is you' you're you're the one who's given out some some six squared prizes for these guys. So my question okay. to you becomes, you know what do you want to do how do you want to do this?
1: Well, I want to first of all congratulate everyone for first of all finding garage hammer and listening so faithfully and secondly <laughs> for the amount of work and uh joy that they they've given us for us being able to read it and then for you to share it with the rest of the listeners this is bloody amazing uh there's all of them have something that i can find that's so positive that make them all winners in my book and that sort of thing and I don't know. The the way it is for the this past year and a half, where we haven't been able to go to conventions with everyone, we haven't seen all these people, and they still have the love for a game where they might not get out and play as often. We have to give something to everyone, as far as I'm concerned, because everyone, do, uh, everyone has put some effort here. So everyone's going to get a $25 gift certificate to the store. Uh, we'll figure out how to hook everyone up in that to get everything done. Uh, well, well there's. Up. I believe
0: there's an email to every single one of these. So
1: I think we have all of them except for one. Uh, so we need Brandon's email. Brandon from the, the
0: Pork Shop Express, I think, is the only one who didn't include an that's email. That's the
1: only one that's missing. So that way, if we get that one over to me, we have everyone. But we also need to have someone as a winner. Uh, honorable mentions... A half for me. I, I think you guys are, are right about the ones that you liked. But uh, I have to give honorable mention to The Sentient Wind because I think that really captures the essence of Sigmar and how these realms let the creators make anything for us. And it's so cool that they can do that. And they really caught that flavor for it. Uh, I, I love The Dog Groomer. I loved the uh, the, uh, the the eating contest uh fellow uh who became the, the the chef and died but i have to give i think if i had to choose one that would say showed creativity showed great putting a part of themselves into the into the story as well as just the the skill in what they wrote i have to give it to tyler mcdonald uh just so well done and uh Kudos. And for Tyler, I'd like to give him $100 to get to six squared.
0: Wow. There you go. Whoa. Okay. So everybody's a winner, which is fantastic.
1: Hey. We've been through enough. Everyone deserves something. And we'll figure it out to make sure everyone gets uh, gets something that they want. And if you don't see what you want, um, you'll email me and we'll talk about it. We'll get something made because we're having tokens coming out soon. The relaunch of our token. Uh, token line as well as the new token uh, t- token board that we're going to have that goes to the side of the table so that you can write down what the token means for, so your opponent knows what's going on as well as you remember what you said it was supposed to be. Uh, we're working on our table edges, a for Dave, and for us to get those things going so that we make our maps the new size that we need for Sigmar. There's a lot of things going on, so uh, we'll make sure everyone's happy.
0: Because you guys made us happy. Thank you all so much. Fantastic. Wow, that's fantastic and wonderful and amazingly generous. Thank you so much, Kevin. Ah, thank you. The show's great. It's always a joy to listen to the show, Dave, Chris. You guys are doing a great
1: job. And you remind people that it's not always about what the result of the dice are. It's the result of how you feel after the game. And that's that's the important thing to me.
0: Agreed. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I think that's a show um, We only had two commercial breaks But we've kind of uh, This whole last segment has basically been All about Sixth Squared Studios And the things they can nope. do So exactly. as long as you don't mind We're going to skip the last little commercial break And run right up and wrap this up
1: Not a problem at all Guys, support Grognards, A friendly local gaming store And Chaos Superstore. 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 All right.
0: All right, uh, folks. Thank you once again for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed this. This is really, I mean, you know, hey, we had a little, ru- a little rules and a whole bunch of lore, uh, just to show that Garage Hammers listeners are the best. Man, the lore you guys have come up with is fantastic. I'm just, I'm so happy about this episode. It was wonderful. All right, so uh, before we go, once again, thanking. As you just said, Grognards and Six Squared Studios and Castle Superstore and our Patreon sponsors, those who are part of the Almost 1%, the guys who make all of this possible. Our associate producers, Christopher Sanders, Big Jake, and Jake C. Executive producers, Colin Miller, Tyler McDonald, and Scott Milne. And once again, our newest patron, Matt Furman. Thank you all for being part of the 1%. And making this show and every show we do possible. Until next time, folks, only the faithful will be triumphant, only the faithful will stand when all others fall, and only the faithful know no despair except in failure.